Hi, Mara Tesler Fine. I am so excited that you have agreed to join me today for our TICFA talk. I'm Devora Enchin. I'm a clinical consultant with Yesh TICFA. And I invited you here as a friend, as a colleague, and as someone who is an absolute expert in reproductive health matters. And so Mara, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us what brings you to the room today. And we'll kind of take the conversation in the way of infertility and trauma. Absolutely. It's really a pleasure. I'm so happy that you invited me, Devara. It's, it's great to see you. Um, so my name is Mara Tesler-Stein. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I am based part-time in, in Chicago and part-time just outside of, of Yerushalayim. Um, I have been doing this work for about 26 years, and my interest in uh, working with and help and supporting families through the losses and traumas of infertility started with my own infertility journey. Um, which led to a twin pregnancy and then preterm labor and, and preterm delivery of those twins um, who are now in their 20s. So um, I, have, I have sort of the long view um, on this, but it is truly a passion of mine, in particular, really um, raising awareness about the realities of the impact of the journey of infertility on the body, on the person, the sense of self, and on the relationships all of our relationships. Absolutely. And when you talk about um, kind of some of the work that you do, I know one of the things I, I just want to bring into the conversation is your expertise in EMDR. Because I think it's like this buzz term that's out there, but not everybody sure. knows what it is. Can you just introduce sure. that as a concept in terms of trauma treatment? Absolutely. Absolutely. So EMDR is um, a, a therapy, an evidence-based therapy that has been around for about 40 years now. It is a therapy that directly addresses what happens in the nervous system during and in particularly the aftermath of, of trauma. And what we're doing with EMDR is we're actually um, able to, to rewire what has, what has happened as a result of trauma on the body and trauma in, in, a, in a person's sense of self. So it's not about thinking about or talking about the trauma. It's not even about understanding what has happened in the context of your family or relationships, although that happens. You know, sometimes you can, when you're, when you're sort of in a, a, a grounded space, a particular mood, you can sort of say, well, I understand these things. I know these things to be true. I know I'm, I deserve good things. I know I'm a good person. I know I didn't do anything wrong. And yet, um, you can easily slip when, when trauma is still unprocessed into really not believing that to be true. Like part of you knows it's true, but then you really don't feel that it's true. And that's what it's, that's the, the felt sense, the experience of unprocessed trauma in the nervous system. And so with EMDR, um, we are able to get to that directly to untangle what's tangled up so that it can, it can reweave or to use another metaphor to help digest what remains undigested um, in our bodies. And, I, and I'm giving the overview because it is, it's, a, it's a complex process of how to do it, though it's effective, it's easy to, to be in, um, and um, it's faster than a lot of other ways of, of approaching things. So it brings relief to people, um, which is something we all wanna see as therapists. For sure. And maybe this is a good way to kind of segue into the definition of 
how of what trauma is and how do we define yes. trauma? Because I think, yes. you know, some people might hear about infertility and say, I don't experience that as a trauma or mm-hmm. that was one of the most traumatic things I've had to experience in my life. Mm-hmm. So how do we define trauma for the okay. general audience? Yeah. So, so um, there, there are a number of ways that we can look at this, but essentially trauma is anything that overwhelms the nervous system, nervous system's ability to cope, period. So that is by definition going to be individual. So what traumatizes my nervous system may or may not traumatize your nervous system. And the analogy that I'll give about this is if you're driving a car down the highway um, or better yet down a dirt road and you're going at a reasonable clip, it's you know plenty wide, you're driving and some rocks or pebbles hit your windshield, small things, nothing major. And your windshield now has cracks and is broken. You're not going to get out of the car and say, those pebbles were too small to crack my windshield. That, that's not possible. Look at the windshield. The windshield is cracked. There's, there's, there's injury to the windshield. That's all. So we need to look at the nervous system to say, hey, what's going on here? To say, well, the evidence of your body, the evidence in, in, in how you're responding says that that was injurious to you, that, that hurt you. That's what trauma is. So trauma doesn't have to be something big and dramatic and explosive to count. In fact, some of the, some of the hardest traumatic events that I've seen with people over time has been a subtle interaction that would be subtle to someone observing it, but does not, is not experienced as subtle at all. And that just slices through people. So talk to me about the infertility experience. When somebody experiences the intensity, the emotional exhaustion, Mm -hmm. the devastation that can really occur with trying to conceive or trying to conceive again, what is some of that, how does some of that happen in the body space? Mm -hmm. What is the body experiencing during that time Mm -hmm. that makes it traumatic? So it, again, it depends a little bit on what the person is experiencing. They can bring up real panic, can bring up um, shame, both of which are experienced fundamentally in the body. What's wrong with me that I can't? Why me? Why us? And so if even just as I say those words, just notice what comes up in the body, even just the echo of that, when you're in the middle of it, your body is really experiencing that. Even when you have ways of managing, ways of handling it, even when you think to yourself, it could have been so much worse or it could be so much worse, that can be true. And at the same time, there's shame, there's panic, there's isolation, loneliness. We feel this, we feel this in the heart. The body experiences that. There's nothing that we experience in life that the body doesn't also feel. We live, we live in our bodies. What happens in those, in, in the, when we're in it, when we're in that time, what is yeah. happening when we say somebody's saying, I'm feeling the trauma of it. What are mm-hmm. we experiencing? Like, what are some of the things that somebody might say, oh, that's my trauma. That's me experiencing mm-hmm. the trauma of infertility. What might that person feel or experience? So this is a great question because there can be a range of things that someone might experience. Everything from re-experiencing what happened to them So there may be a flashback. There may be um, a somatic flashback, meaning the body is feeling something 
that was felt back then at the time. And it can be very confusing because it could, could happen at a time that you would not anticipate it. Um, the other thing that can happen is sort of the flip side of that, which is disconnection, numbness, forgetting. So let's say you're in the middle of an infertility journey and your best friend has a baby and they're waiting for you to come over and you forgot. Oh, I forgot to go over there, right? So the, the, or, or you go over there and you feel nothing or you can't stop crying or, you know, or all of the above because together with trauma comes grief. Grief and trauma are very closely inter, intertwined and grief is, is a very messy experience where you can feel these kind of seemingly opposing emotions and sensations at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is enough to make anybody feel crazy. Right. But you're not. Right. But you're not. You're not crazy. Right. <laughs> I think that's one of the loudest voices we have to have when we talk about trauma is that trauma can be something that happens to me, something that I've experienced, and I'm my body is responding to everything that I've gone through, and I'm not crazy for having that having that kind of response. No, exactly. Right? You're not crazy. It's not happening because you chose it to happen. It's happening because that's what the nervous system does. The nervous system does the best that it can to protect us. But when the nervous system has been overwhelmed, um, the ability, its ability to do what it automatically knows how to do most of the time can get blocked. And so something, by the way, like EMDR therapy is exactly rebuilding the capacity for the nervous system to do what it, what it already knows how to do so that some of this, this reactivity in the body and emotionally can, can really go away. Um, and it's so important to know it's not your fault. You're not crazy and you're not alone. Right. People may when not I talk think, about it, but they're right. experiencing it. Right. And we just, honestly, that comes back to the essence of that needing for needing support, not feeling yeah. like I'm the only one who's going through this really difficult. Exactly. Time. Exactly. Um, so kind of like taking it a few years forward. Now we talk about mm -hmm. the people who've, you know, they've gone through their journey and let's imagine a scenario where the outcome was a positive one. She had mm -hmm. her baby. She had two mm -hmm. babies. Um, mm -hmm. The baby survived the NICU, right? The babies mm -hmm. are thriving now as adults mm -hmm. beyond the NICU. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's this sense of like, I should be okay now. And yet there can be that moment. Sometimes it could be, we call it a trigger, but just those feelings of like, mm -hmm. I should be okay now, but I don't mm -hmm. feel okay. What mm -hmm. is happening in those moments? Um, what's happening is something un unprocessed is getting re-evoked. And it may not be in the same topic even as infertility or even as babies. And I'll give you an example. In the early weeks of COVID, so many of my clients, so many of my fellow preemie moms and myself were feeling all kinds of things that we were like, what is going on? What is happening? My kid's 20, my kid's 24, my kid's, why, why is this happening? Well, we're talking about, first of all, a lot of people were, were in medical settings and in hospital settings where they had not been in, in an acute place like that with similar equipment, similar smells, similar sounds, um, or they're hearing about it. Anybody who had, had to have invasive procedures um, who, or whose baby spent any time in the NICU Ooh, right away, here we are talking about 
hand washing and distancing and masking and keeping your distance to keep someone safe. I mean, this is all evocative. You know, talking about ventilators, talking about having enough, having enough resources. There's so much that can be evocative, right? And even everybody's opinions about things. Can the song is a familiar song, different lyrics, same melody. Um, so that can be evocative. And, and sometimes that it's harder even when it's this, the body is vibrating, <laughs> your emotions are vibrating to something and you, you're like, gosh, this is reminding me. Why is this reminding me? Um, and sometimes you can't even put your finger on it. It's just that you're feeling the same stuff. Another thing that can happen similarly is um, anniversary reactions. And they may not be to the things that you anticipate. It could be the light changed because it's going to be spring. And then your body starts to feel a certain way. Why am I feeling this? Well, it was spring when, or the first snowfall when, not the date on the calendar, but the, but the, the coldness in the air or the sun going down early. Because the body, the body remembers, the body always knows, always trusts. Trust the body memory, trust the nervous system. Um, it, sometimes it can take a little bit to figure out what is this? Um, but never, never, never is that there's something wrong with you. Right. It's, the, it's actually the opposite. To, something something happened, happened to you and right. that the body's wisdom is showing you something here is similar. Here, do you remember? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are, is there anything that can be protective of, of to protect me from the traumatic experience? of the experience being considered a trauma? Well, yes. I mean, certainly the more, let me, let me think about how to discuss this. We don't know ahead of time what kinds of experiences are going to hit any particular nervous system in a way that traumatizes. However, the sooner we intervene, the better. There is no gain in give it time, give it time, give it time. Let's see how it goes. There is absolutely nothing to gain there. You're not, you, you are not going to hurt anything by intervening sooner. And in fact, there's only upside. So the sooner that we can intervene, the better. Now that includes, of course, during the infertility journey, the minute there's any awareness that, oh, this is going to be a journey. This isn't going to be like, hey, I have an announcement to make. Um, and so we can build in bigger internal capacity to handle disappointment, to handle shocks. I like to think of them as our internal shock absorbers. Yeah. <laughs> so if we can get in there on the front end and build shock absorption in all kinds of different ways for people, then when and if something happens that, that has the potential to traumatize, A, the impact could be lessened. It's buffered. And it could be that it won't traumatize at all, that it'll be upsetting, but not traumatizing, disappointing, but not traumatizing. But I just want to say that no matter how much preparatory work you do on the front end, to please, please never blame yourself if what you're left with after some sort of incident has traumatized you. It's not your choice. It's, it's, it's just the reaction of the nervous system. And sometimes it's surprising that this thing traumatized and this thing didn't to the same person. It's surprising to, to, to yourself. Um, and it's, it, it, this is just the nature of the, of the beast. It's how, how it is. 
what I'm hearing is that like also that it could be something that can show up again in future years where you might yes. see, feel like I've really been doing well. I'm great. I'm enjoying taking care of my baby. Mm-hmm. I love where mm-hmm. I am in my life. I'm so thankful, grateful. I've done all this work. And then mm-hmm. it shows up at a certain point. And mm-hmm. to, when we, we may be caught off guard with that kind of often. reactive response, right? Often, often. And it can happen when somebody who's, whose birth you were excited about gives birth, the actuality of it might feel different than the anticipation. Mm-hmm. It can happen when your children reach certain milestones. Yeah. So this may be down the line for a lot of people here, but I hear a lot about people saying, and then when my children get married and when my children are, are wanting to have, you know, about to have babies or trying to get pregnant, it's, oh my gosh, it's like I'm there again. But maybe their own fear about it or their own hope for it. And also there can be envy. There can be so much envy and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. We wish that for the people are, that we love to have an easier time of it. And at the same time can feel, I wish that I'd had an easier time of it, that we'd had an easier time of it. Sure, sure. I hear it also in the terminology where somebody will say, oh, that's your youngest. And that very no big deal comment can be yes. incredibly impactful on someone who wants to go, well, it wasn't intentionally my youngest. Right. You know, I didn't, didn't want it to be. Right. to be, you know, this right. was the last one and so, or the only one. Mm-hmm. And that kind of mm-hmm. comment, which can seem so innocuous, can bring up so yeah. many. So much feelings. pain. I mean, yeah. you know, and here I am you know, always in our communities, but in here in Israel, you know, I think people actually who might not have had as many children in America, let's say, I, I see having more children here. And so here I've, I'm, I've just made Aliyah. And here I am, my children are in their early 20s and I have three. And every time I say I have three, something inside me twists. Yes, yes. Because maybe there could have been four or five, you know? Right, right. I actually have somebody who always is saying to me, but it's, I have only four, but I only have four. And that line, you know, as a therapist, we have to hold a certain line, but as a human, it lands yeah. a little differently. Well, um, exactly. Yeah. And you hear the longing, right? So the longing yeah. is part of what gets re-evoked, the longing and the loss. And so I just want to also point out that, you know, when we think about trauma, I, I always talk about trauma and loss together. Sure. To acknowledge and affirm our losses um, is as important as recognizing what is stuck in the nervous system in terms of trauma. And sometimes they're like this far apart. Right? And it's, it's, you don't just have to sit with it in its full-blown painful form, you know, with its, you know, the knife edge is so sharp. Um, there's, yeah. there's a lot that we can do to help to soften that so that there's joy and peace and love and, and genuine presence with every moment in the journey. And then when the journey, when we're past the journey, as, as I am, for example, you know, to, to work to come to some peace with that. Absolutely. I want you, 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 can't, you kind of uh, reminded me of a scenario that came up at a support group that we had a couple of nights ago, where we talked about kind of the body's unexpected response. And one of the women said, she said she had, a, um, she's completed her fertility process, like she cannot do IVF any longer, and is now in a waiting zone for adoption. 
And she said, you know, something happened that was so strange. And I, I, I see it as a trauma response. She said she got hit in the ball. She got hit in her a face with a ball from a, playing with a nephew. And she said, I reacted so, her term, crazy. Like it was, I started screaming and get mm-hmm. me a towel and I'm bleeding and like mm-hmm. a hysteric response. And she said, I think it's because her words were, I think it's because I've been on so protective of my body and everything Mm -hmm. that has occurred to my body for the last two years, that this was this injury that made me go into this startled, um, Mm -hmm. reactive trauma response. Mm -hmm. One of the other women, panic, panic, absolute Mm -hmm. panic. Another woman who goes, oh my gosh, it just happened to me too, where, you know, my, my husband's elbow knocked Uh me on my shoulder and I started screeching right. and hysterical. Uh, I am What's spun happening? glass. Didn't you know? I am spun right. glass. Talk more about that. It. Tell me, tell me more about that spun glass experience. With, with infertility. Um, and I think it, this can happen also early in a pregnancy after infertility. Well, not just early, all the way through pregnancy and infertility, um, where the, the precarious, the, the, the awareness of the precariousness of becoming pregnant, of staying pregnant, um, is so heightened and this feeling of um, fragility, like the body isn't robust. And this can become a very deeply held belief of, of, of I, I'm fragile, I'm damaged, I'm, um, and I remain fragile and damaged. The, the body is not resilient. My body is not resilient, can't it's got to be exactly right or it won't be okay because this is the experience of infertility. You know, it's, it's, you know, the, the internal ecosystem has to, has to be exactly right or else. Um, and this can happen. And then it gets heightened for people when they do become pregnant and either there's a miscarriage or there's a, um, a, a complication or a series of complications in the pregnancy, which I think for a lot of people ends up internally, whether they say it aloud or not, it's like, Oh, this is proof. This is proof. And what we're this saying body... is not necessarily like a cognitive experience. It's a, the no. body just reacts in that shattered yeah. glass in that I am made of glass. Exactly. Wow. I am made of glass and it's emotional and physical at the same time. You know, the emotions connect to the, to the, to the physical sensations as well. So there's this, just the, the belief isn't a thought that I decided it's if you translated all of this nonverbal stuff into words, the words would be, um, I'm permanently damaged. I'm not, my body, my body is not resilient or robust. My body can't be trusted. Then one level more would be, I am therefore fragile. And if I'm injured, I have to be super protective of my body. Like that. Exactly. And that reaction wasn't a cognitive reaction. That was the body saying, you can't, you can't get that close to me. You don't touch me that way. I'll break. Right. Again, it wasn't up here. This is only after the fact that you can put words to it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Isn't no it? less powerful. In fact, it's, it's, it's visceral. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we like kind of wind it up for today, I, I, although I could probably speak to you for another five hours, one of the things I, I, I always like to give some offering of um, kind of takeaway, if we're thinking yeah. about protective measures, if we're thinking about things yes. I can do beyond just therapy, but what are some of the things, you know, we yes. know support groups, get support, don't mm-hmm. go through this alone. What else right. can somebody do to potentially minimize the traumatic impact or allow yeah. them to be a little less fragile, a little more resilient yeah. in their right. experience? So this may sound counterintuitive to some, 
But the first step is awareness. The first step is getting embodied and grounded. It is so understandable to want to disconnect from the body when you're going through infertility. And even if you become pregnant early in pregnancy, because very often what happens is you connect to the body and then you're panicked because you're noticing everything. But if you can start to cultivate internal awareness so that you get a sense of like body sensations shift, emotions ebb and flow. This is, this is normal stuff. This is okay. It doesn't mean danger. You know, to begin to kind of recalibrate, even as you're in the midst of an, an infertility journey, physically ground yourself. Do things that, you know, then there's, there's really good concrete kinds of things that you can do to feel like, oh, I am in my body. I am in the present moment. Because here's the other thing that happens that, that amplifies prior trauma and potential trauma, which is we're not in the present. We're, we're falling into the past or we're projecting ourselves into the future. And those are neither of them likely to be happy places. But being in the present, even when it's hard, actually creates better shock absorption. Because then also when you're in the present, you can begin to pay attention to more stuff like, how's my breathing? How's my tension? Just ba basic kind of body stuff. Like, are my shoulders up at my ears all the time? Am I breathing really shallowly? Well, these are, these are very common signs of, of stress um, and can be signs of, you know, in the aftermath of trauma also. But again, when you're aware and you begin to take, do very small things, doesn't mean you have to go to an hour long yoga class. Um, you can do very small practices that will make really noticeable shifts in how it feels to be you, how it feels to be you inside this body that you're living in. Um, and I can share some resources, um, some short videos, scripts, great. some things that you can do. Pressure points can be really helpful. You know, pressure point here, pressure point here. I like this one, Sea of Tranquility, which is at your breastbone, just pressing it firmly but gently. Every time I'm, I'm going to melt. <laughs> um, and then, Devora, you know that when, um, from, from doing EMDR, that, that anytime you feel something shifting in a positive way in your body, you can do something really gentle to yourself and just tap slowly, maybe eight or 10 times. And just notice, and even that helps the nervous system to calm down. And these are all things that you can do for yourself. You can do it safely. You can do it any time. Some of the techniques are things you could do like at work and nobody will notice because it's under the table. You can do it while you're driving because it's on the steering wheel. You know, simple, simple things. Right. I think it's so powerful to know that there are some things that are within my control that I can yes. access without yes. having to, you know, spend thousands and thousands of dollars or having to yeah. just suffer my way through and really right. allowing yeah. people to access these small things that are incredibly powerful and effective. I think one of the things that I, I love the most in the EMDR training was the concept of just notice that. And I've learned to internalize that as a therapist to just go, mm. even in my own feelings and thinking, to just go, huh, I'm just huh. going to notice that. Just instead of like running away from it or saying like, why am I feeling that way? Just go, huh. well, I have to fix it right now. Yes, exactly. Okay. And instead yeah. just going, let's just notice that. And it's such a powerful concept to say, I can sit in those difficult emotions and feelings and I won't crack. I won't and crack. I might actually be able to settle my breath 
into that difficult feeling and that there is healing or at least power in that yes. moment. There so. is. And realizing that the simple, the things that sound so simple, and you've probably heard them a million times, sure. you see them in magazines, you hear them here and there. And I don't know, you know, I used to think, okay, fine, breathe, you know, okay. But, but actually give yourselves the gift of trying some of these, give yourselves five minutes, right? Some of this stuff and just notice it because even a little bit of relief, a little bit of, of ease is a lot. It is. And I'd like to label that also in many ways as our self-care. You know, we tend Absolutely. to talk about self-care as the manicure, the pedicure, the massage, mm -hmm. the this, the vacation, but self-care can be five minutes of quiet where I attend mm -hmm. to my emotions. And I think we might see much greater results from those moments than from the manicure potentially. Although I encourage Definitely. you to get manicures too. But all the good things. All the good things. <laughs> five minutes a day or five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening is going gonna, is gonna to do you emotionally, internally even more good than the manicure, but do the manicure also. Absolutely. Mara, thank you so, so much for choosing My to pleasure. spend the afternoon with me 